welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, thank you for joining us for another podcast. I'm, I'm super excited today. Um, we have Danielle, also known as Nerdy Girl Comics on IG, is that right? Yep. Um, I, I'm very thankful that you came on today. I'm, I'm actually super stoked. I, I asked in one of your lives if you'd be interested, and you said you would be, and, I, and I've been kind of pursuing it the whole time. Um, but I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm def- happy you did. Sometimes I need that little push to make it happen. Well, it's, I think it's tough. Like you have so many followers too. So I can only imagine the amount of messages and things you get as well. Um, did you want to do like a short intro of yourself? Uh, sure. So I am nerdy girl. Um, I have been in comic books for about 16 years buying and selling. Um, and then I jumped into video games about four years ago, almost now. And then I personally collect uh, original comic book art and vintage movie posters. Wow. So I, I, like I mentioned, you have quite the following. So how did you get started with the comic book? You, you kind of jumped into as a kid and it's just rolled over as you've been an adult or? Um, nope. I actually did not read or collect comic books as a kid. Okay. I did play video games, but comic books weren't really my thing. Um, when I met my boyfriend, he was buying and selling comics, and it was still pretty new to it or newish. Um, and I was like, "You do what?" Well, that's right. interesting and different. And then I went to San Diego Comic Con, and then I saw what like some of these books were selling for, and I was like, "Okay." I'll learn some, but I'm just going to like hang in the background still. Um, And then a few years ago, I really kind of embraced all of it. And I was at a show and someone was like, hey, you are you that nerdy girl on Instagram? And like, I didn't even really use Instagram for that at the time. Um, And I'd already been doing shows on my own. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, there's like this whole other community of people on social media that I don't even know through shows. And I've kind of spent the last couple of years really pouring love into building um, my Instagram community because it's just it's such a great way to connect with people from all over the world. Right. So how how long have you had that IG account? Has it always been Nerdy Girl and then you changed it to the Nerdy Girl comics or has it always been that specific? Um, It actually was my personal page up until probably three years ago, two and a half, three years ago when I switched over to Nerdy Girl comics. Um, But prior to that, it was just kind of my own personal page. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's what, uh, when I got back into the card hobby, um, or I guess just collecting hobby, I, I do have a personal page, and then, I don't know, for whatever reason, me personally, I just wanted to keep it separate from, like, my personal and professional life, so I, I made yeah. a, this Breaking Wax um, card account, you know, just kind of as a homage to, like, traditionally breaking wax like with cards you would break the seal of the card pack. And- yeah, I figured you were, like, opening, I thought it was, like, an homage to, like, opening card packs. Yeah, I mean, it's funny I how many it. people people don't get that, but um, but yes, yeah, so I made a separate account for mine. But your your account is great. Um, so I think sometimes people like seeing like your personal side also, and it lets them feel more connected to you. Because I've had people ask me before, like, why don't you separate them and have like your personal page and your business page? 
And it's because this is my whole life. Like my life revolves around my business and around comic books and video games and nerd culture. So it'd be hard for me to separate the two. Right. So are those, are those the only two things that you buy and sell is the comic books and the video games? Okay. How do how do you determine what, like which comic books or video games, is it a personal interest or is it like data driven? Um, I think it's a little of both, honestly. Um, I've always been known to have key issues, whether it be golden age, silver age, bronze age. I've just in the last, honestly, the last year started really dabbling more in the modern market. Okay. Um, because I really didn't even deal in modern stuff at all. I was strictly vintage comics. Um, and a lot of it is what I know I can sell just based on my customer base, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't pay attention to the market and, oh, this book is trending. Well, I should probably buy this book or that book. So I think it's a mix of both. Okay. Um, on video games, I am definitely more drawn to, did I... You there? Hello? I think I lost you. Oh. Are you there? Um, yep, I got you. I lost you ah, for like sorry. 15, 20 seconds. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll edit that part out. So you were saying um, the video games you were drawn to when uh, you played? It's a mix of stuff I played and games I think will be smart investments. And like I bought a lot of I have a lot of comic book and like Marvel games and it's because not only are they really dope, but I think there'll be strong co- crossover and they're so rare. Like right. I have a Captain America and Avengers for Nintendo. And I think I've seen three sealed ones, three sealed ones. So do you, do you grade them yourself or is that just however you, you buy and sell the inventory as you get it? Or do you grade them as like a multiplier? Both. Um, Some stuff I'll buy already graded. Um, And, you know, it's a lot easier now, especially buying on the internet, to have your stuff already graded because it just takes the guesswork out. Right. Um, But I'll go both ways. I submit my own stuff to both video game grading companies and to um, CGC. So which um, company do you use for the video games? Um, I use, there's two. So there's Weta, and I will say that they really took video games to the forefront um, by showing, like, they decided to partner with Heritage, or not partner, but they went to Heritage and said, hey, we really think that you should start auctioning video games. And it really brought it front and center to different hobbies and kind of opened the floodgates, if you will. So they were really smart with their marketing and the way that they launched. Um, and then the other company is VGA and their parent okay. company is AFA and they grade toys. Okay. Do you get into the toys too or, or just the video uh, games? No, I have one toy that I just picked up recently because it was part of a comic book deal. Nice. Like, it's so hard to learn a new market, figure out it, seals and all the it really is. that goes along with it. Ugh. What are, so have you looked at any of the newer grading companies, um, like uh, investment grading? Because I know they do video games as well. 
yeah, you know, I'm kind of a tried and true person. I do know CGC announced today that they will be grading video games. Um, and I, I actually wrote that down to talk and, to you about. You did? <laughs> I did. I did. So I went on their page today and I saw a lot of really negative comments about turnaround times and everything else. And I think people forget that everyone has been home for over a year and everyone submitted everything and them launching a video game division has nothing to do with comic book rating because it's a whole new separate team of people that they're going to bring on like in the, in the um, announcement, it even says like, we're building our team. So I think that people just need to have patience because we've become like this instant gratification society and they're still humans. Right. Right. (laughs) No time to open hundreds of thousands, potentially if you include cards and Pokemon and coins and comics, like if you think about the mass that they take basis, People kind of did it to themselves by submitting in mass all of these books that weren't worth grading that suddenly became worth grading. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so I, I noticed with cards, um, like even with comic books and I'm, I'm new to collecting comic books again, especially the graded one, but it's, I don't want to say people are snobs, but like people do like what they like, right. Whether it's CGC or the other companies that grade the comics. Like for me, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I, I love the CGC graded books um, with the with the cards. Um, you know, CGC always did the Pokemon, the uh, and those cards. But and now that they did sports cards, I, I just saw it as an opportunity. And I don't know how familiar you are, but like PSA is so backlogged that I, I have I know, cards. They had to pause their submissions, right? Yep. Yep. So but yeah. I, I have cards I submitted last this time last year that I still don't have back yet. Um, so. When, when CGC opened up their sports card division, I, I took advantage of it. It was $8 for no subgrades, but I, I submitted 300 cards because I was just like, you know, let's get them graded and, and see what they right. get. Because uh, I learned very early on that whether something raw is worth something, but then if something gets that decent grade, it's such a multiplier. And that eight, $8 a pop, it was like, well, this makes sense to me. So Right. Um, Did you get it back? I have not got them back yet, but I actually did a poll the other day on my Instagram, and I think it was uh, out of three or four hundred people that saw it, seventy-five percent of the people were confident the CGC cards would be back before the PSA cards. Which is, you, if you deal with PSA, you just understand that the, the delays yeah. are massive. But, um, but yeah, I think I think it's a good thing to have me personally that to, to be more players, and especially someone like them where they're established. But so for you with your account and your following, has do any of those companies approach you for like sponsorships or um, to do like joint ventures on anything? Because I've noticed a lot more recently that podcasts no, and bigger not. accounts. Yeah, I have not. Um... But I think also, I think people kind of know I'm kind of like this. I actually, well, let me walk back a second. I did just start, I did just join Whatnot, which is an auction. They do like comic book auctions. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Because they also do like pop figures and sports cards and Pokemon cards. Okay. Um, What? Well, tell me about it. What's the platform? Is it like an eBay 
type of thing. It's kind of like eBay, but it's actually a live person doing the auction. And they're like 60 seconds speed auctions. Really? So, and it's like one item after another. Yeah, it's actually a really, really cool format. Um, I jumped on one with Skeleton Keys, Sammy, um, on Instagram. We did one when she was down here visiting. And I really liked that it was an hour. You auction like 25, 30 items. Um, As a seller, it's nice because people are charged instantly as soon as they win the auction. As a buyer, it's cool because you're actually watching it happen in real time and you're not setting like an auction snipe to go worry about it. Right. And you never know what someone's going to pull up in auction. So there's a cool surprise element to it also. What What's the audience size like for something like that? Um, she had about 70 viewers on watching. So I guess for me, that's similar to doing like a claim sale. Right. When I'm live streaming. So, uh, so you do, you did post a comic book the other day that I'm very interested in. Um, and I don't know if it's still available, but do you, so do you accept offers or your prices pretty yeah. firm? Oh, do you? Um, okay. I do take offers. It depends on the book with how much flexibility I have on it, but I'm always happy to try to work something out. Um, I think something really unique that I've been doing, especially the last few months, is offering extended time payments, and I'm not limiting it to a five-figure book. Like if someone needs a time payment for two months on a $300 book for a book, maybe they couldn't afford. Okay. I got you. Right. No, and you know, it's funny. You keep hitting on everything that I was going to ask you about, which is great. <laughs> it's great. But so how do you, how do you great go? Time. Do you, do you keep a, a spreadsheet and then you yep. just take a deposit? I, Cause I, I noticed that the other day. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. She does that. And I guess if they flake and then there's, you keep the deposit, so, right? I keep, yep. I require, typically I do a 20% non-refundable deposit. Um, I have a spreadsheet that I have everyone on that does time payments. Um, and then once the book is paid off, I ship it out. Oh, that's awesome. It's kind of like, I notice a lot of companies offer, um, what's it called? A firm. And there's a couple of these other um payment things that you can do even if you wanted to buy sneakers you could make like four payments for a pair of sneakers that like oh foot, like foot the locker. flex pay right right so yeah. i thought it was interesting that you're doing that as well um i i mean i think that's great for someone like me that doesn't want to get in trouble with my wife i can be like hey <laughs> you know it just shows right, up I'm like right. no like a smaller purchase not this right right purchase. yeah yeah i'm breaking up in payments She's listening. i don't know nothing <laughs> uh you know i don't know she she listens to some of them but i don't think she listens to them all because she listens yeah. to me every day you know what right. i mean She's so, like i don't listen to your podcast too <laughs> yeah yeah i need to listen to you in the car as well um where so where are you located uh i'm down in florida in the sarasota area but i'm from okay. Western New York. I grew up in Rochester up until oh, like nice. three years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm from uh, Flagler Beach, Florida. So that's north of Daytona, right uh, by, near okay. St. Augustine. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite cities. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Is right there, um, so surfing and hanging nice. out. It is. It's a really nice town. Um, mm-hmm. So, for your personal collection of comic books, what is there like a certain 
I think you said 90s, right? Marvel, is that what you're into for um, your PC? Personal collection, it, well, I like 90s comic book art. Um, but for personal collection, it's it's kind of like an investment box um, where it's all just really the top keys and then an action comics run. Okay. Um, the only one that I recently sold that I really regret selling was Batman one. But wow. other than that, I have like almost all of the top golden age books. Wow. What, and what's your plan to just uh, hold them? them? Yep. Just hold them. You know, it, it, there it's another, I think that with, um, I think that with Blackstone purchasing CGC, the fact that there's a hedge fund involved just shows that more and more people are turning to collectibles as right. an investment tool. Right. And it makes sense. They have strong data points. You can look back and you can see, well, I know what this book was selling for 10 years ago versus today. And for people who are chasing the stock market and are strictly numbers people. So, so I guess um, you were saying, and, and we were interrupted was, uh, was having technical difficulties, but um, as an investment yeah. tool, you, you were saying that, uh, you know, more and more people were using, collectibles as an investment and i i just for me i know personally when i explain to people the cards and the comics and then i do I've, I've been getting into like sports illustrated like first covers of athletes and um, oh yeah uh, game tickets is also another thing but all all those things for me are like personal items i just want my collection but the return on investment for all this stuff is just insane where i right. I'm I'm in my uh, late 30s, and I, I just don't see any need to invest in the stock market at all, actually. Well, you know, I still have a stock portfolio also, but a lot of my investments are in comic books and video games, and a piece of it is in original artwork. And I think that when you think about people who are solely in coming in and investing they're looking at numbers and right. comic books especially have a long track record and there are tools out there that have data points where you can go back and you can look and you can see okay an amazing fantasy 15 and 50 10 years ago was i don't know 7500 bucks well two years ago it hit a peak at like 55 and came back down to earth at like 35 40 and now it's back up to in the 50s again but you wow. can go and you can look at the history of it you know pay the 10 bucks there's a tool called gp analysis that you can go on and you can type in pretty much any comic book and look up pretty much any issue and it goes back i want to say 15 years maybe wow that's gp analysis yep gp analysis okay. I have no right. affiliation or sponsorship with them. It's just the site that I prefer. Just to a use. great tool to use. Yeah, yeah, it's just so resourceful. And I'm very much a person. I was talking about this on a call I was on earlier with some people that like as new people come in, knowledge is such power. It is. And I feel like if there are tools people can use to help educate themselves, it just makes them a stronger collector and keeps them in the market and they don't feel burned or like they don't want to do this anymore because they have no assistance and there's no real entry point. Right. 
Yeah. So for my my strategy for the comic book so far is just I just buy what I like. Yep. Um, And I've talked about it in a a couple of other podcasts, but I guess what I've noticed um, and I'm I'm an amateur when it comes to comic books. So please correct me if I'm wrong or way off. But, you know, the first appearance is like everything. Um, And then what I've noticed in the last six to eight months is that the first solo comics have those prices have come up no, nowhere near first appearances but they have definitely come up so, yes um well, and, because it's the next best thing right right yep like like for instance for me um the first big comic book purchase for me um six or no gosh eight or nine months ago now was wolverine's first solo book and i i paid 375 for it for a 9.8 which i was like to me it was unbelievable because yes. i'm like this was, in, right. this was made in 1982, a 9.8. They're not making any more. How can this only be 375 that bucks? Used to be even, that used to be like a $100 book for a long time, though. See, I wish I would have known that because I would have bought a bunch of them at a $100 right. price right. point. Um, but then now I, I think I saw one recently, and they're in like the $8 to $1,000 yeah, range, depending like on the week. Yeah, it's $1,000 book now. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And then another one I bought at the same time was uh, – what's the shop a one comics um on it was the first live sale i ever was a part of and they had the uh it was captain america but first appearance winter soldier and for me um having a military background it's captain america he's like fighting the nazis on the cover and i was like oh that's cool they'll probably they'll probably never make that one again so let me let me grab one of those for 300 bucks and then of course with the Disney show coming, it, it doubled or tripled in price from when I bought it already. And I was just like, man, comic books are the way to go. Yeah. Because I like them a lot. And they just have that steady growth where not like cards where it was just, I think with cards. And I think like you mentioned earlier when we were talking, it's uh, the comic books, they're kind of getting this last push of everything. But I think it's a steady and a healthy growth where the yeah. cards were just on fire. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you like, the card they, they stuff shot up irrationally high. Oh, it was insane. I mean, I don't know if you do the cards at all, but like uh, Panini's flagship is Prism. Um, and like Prism Basketball was $400 for a hobby box. And then that was two years ago. This year, a hobby box of basketball was $2,000. Oh, wow. And I just don't know who can even afford that to take a chance on right. getting some cards that might not even grade and you'll never right. get your money back. So I, I'm kind of, I still love cards and certain things because of sentimental value, but I'm, I'm kind of been turned off or put off by it a little bit because the prices have been so crazy. And well, it just makes it so hard to come in. Right. And it makes it hard to come in and it's a huge gamble. And, and it always was when you're ripping packs of cards to try to hit you know to get a hit but now it's a huge gamble but it's um, one thing to do it at like a few hundred it's another to do it for thousands thousands right yeah. and and the thing I've, i noticed that i really like about the comic books is um you know the newer ones if you like them you can still get into them relatively i mean it seems cheap to me and you, and you tell me if this is just price increases over the years but there's a carnage by Pat Gleason. Um, I just got a notification that they shipped the variants copies shipped. So I pre-ordered 9.8, the variants, and it was like 60 bucks a copy for a guaranteed 9.8, which I was like, oh, I really like the artwork too. Yeah. So let me get it. Let me get a couple copies. So yeah, um, it's funny they guaranteed 9.8s. Wonder how it many is, people it, got disappointed. How does that work? I don't know that. 
I'm not touching that one. That's yeah. <laughs> I do not deal in anything super new. And I think the variants are cool and at like $60. Okay. No big deal. Right. Um, I think some of the variants really got very, very, very expensive. Again, where it was like one of those like FOMO situations yeah. where you have oh. like these crazy bidding wars for a for book sure. that's not worth it. So uh, one of the books I've been looking for, um, and it's like I missed it by a week, was uh, Black Adam's first appearance or, or his second oh, appearance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I completely missed it. It was like the week before it was a couple hundred bucks. And then once I started looking into it, the price just started going crazy. Um, and then what I found was like, the, there's like a new version of him on the cover. And that book was selling for like 400 bucks. And I, yeah. I think it's just a new artist or whatever, like a new series. But I was like, like why are yeah. people paying 400 bucks for this? It doesn't make sense to me. So it's so um, crazy. So the, the Batman number one, um, what I mean, you don't have to tell me, I guess. But I'm just curious, what did that sell for? It sold for um, close to 200. Wow. Um, That's amazing. And it was, well, I sold it like probably four months too soon. Um, But it was too, it was like, I sold it in probably early on in COVID. We had like this moment of how bad is this going to get and what's going to happen in the market. And like, I guess you can say panic sold a lot of stuff and really it was the wrong move. Um, I should have just held on to everything and mm-hmm. just waited, but it could have been a who knew the economy, the collectibles market, especially would right. boom as a result of so many people like staying home. And looking back, it makes sense, right? People weren't traveling. They weren't going out to dinner. They needed to find something to spend their money on. Right. Um, But no one knew how that was going to go in the beginning. No, not at all. I mean, so for me, I I put a lot of thought into this. And um, I I never knew this. But so all those things... Are, are definitely contributing factors and I think they're spot on but one big factor I never considered was that men my age and older spend and and I just don't know for women but I know men and they spend an incredible oh, yeah. amount of money gambling on sports oh so true that's so right true. I had not even thought of that right and so and they couldn't so it was like all these people right. were looking somewhere to just gamble money and I and I never realized it until I started talking to a couple of my friends about like, hey, do you do FanDuel's or DraftKings? They're like, oh, yeah, like every night. And I was like, holy shit, what do you mean every night? <laughs> right. Like hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, like every night. And I was like, oh, all right, well, now, now this makes more sense to me that people are like heavy in all right. the collectibles, right? It's a gamble so, anyways. It is. It really is. But gosh, man, 200000 So what... If you don't mind me asking, then if you sold it too soon, what's that book looking like right now? I think probably close to 250. Wow. Yeah. That's so you live and learn. And I'm also a person who believes that like you can't have every sense on every deal because if that happens and everyone did that, then how does 
the market move and how does the market grow and how do other people come in and build their business because it all feeds into each other. Right. Right. And it's, um, I mean, gosh, so do you look at that as a mistake? Like, was that, would you call that like one of your biggest mistakes then? Or definitely not one of my biggest mistakes. I've definitely had bigger in video games. My biggest mistake is selling all my Mario's too early. Um, but again, if everyone holds everything and there's nothing to buy, then no one can come in. Right. And there's no market for people to get in. Yep. So I, my, my biggest mistake, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a panic sell, but I, I won. Are you familiar with Raz's? No. So this is, so this is, this is straight up gambling. I think for, (laughs) for, I think for comics, there's actually a huge market for it that no one's really tapped into and i don't know if people are interested in it so with cards for instance if you have a three thousand dollar card and you want to raz it so what you'll say is like hey i have oh, like 10, 10 spots right so 10 spots oh, no, 300 a spot like yeah so it's a it's one of those things where like in the card game everyone does it um, yeah. but so I, anyways i won a michael jordan um rookie card but it was a sticker rookie so it his rookie oh, year. I've seen those before. That's right. So, a couple of thousand. So this was a PSA nine. Um, I won it for 60 bucks and oh, I had wow. somebody, I had someone offer me 3000 for it, which at the time was high. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If I, if I sell this one, I can get the actual Jordan rookie card. Um, I'm going to do it. And then things always happen. I'm always buying and selling different things. And I was like, I got time to get a rookie card, the Jordan rookie card. They haven't moved up that much. Well, then all of a sudden all the vintage stuff exploded and that same PSA nine sticker card that I sold for three grand, I think the last one sold for like $30,000. Oh, wow. Was that an anomaly sale? The 30,000? No. Yeah. No, that they're pretty consistent. I know the, um, the actual rookie card, there was a wow. couple of PSA tens that sold for like four fifty or four hundred, but then most recently one sold for like one fifty. But the stickers shot up, but they've kind of stayed, at least the higher graded ones, because they're so horrible um, to find any that are clean or centered. And even mine was one of those where you could probably question the grade, and if you were to send it in because the slab got cracked or something, yeah. it, it might it might have came back as like a, a five or something, something ridiculous. But uh. I just remember my wife was like, why? It was Michael Jordan rookie card. Why would you ever get rid of that? I was like, I I don't know. I just was like $3,000. I can move it into something else. And I should have just held it. Well, it it, served it, but it's right. Yeah, but it goes back to like could have, would have, should have. Sure. Yep. 100%. And I I, I always have the mentality of if I sell something for less, like you did with the Batman that it just gives me more money because I'm not like, I don't know your situation with that one, but for me, it's like, I'm not losing money and I have more money to invest in other things and, and multiply it further. Right. So yeah, it keeps it turning. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, so that, do you still have that Miles Morales book that you posted the other day? Yes. I'm, I'm very interested, but I'll message, I'll message you about it. Yeah, for sure. Because you know what? I have to say on most modern books, I'm not a huge believer because there's so many, but Ultimate Fallout 4 and Edge of Spider-Verse 2 introduce such important characters 
of this generation. Right. That I just feel like long term, that is going to be one of those coveted books like Spidey 300 for the 90s kids for today's yes. generation. And I just it, got it really, one. It breaks barriers. It does. And so that's my, my buddy Brandon. I was telling you about him earlier. He is all in on Miles Morales. And he he looks at things from like a, a make money flipper. Not flipper, yeah. but just he's he's in anything that he can make money on. He and just he wants just, it to grow an investment for him. Right. And he's like, Disney's coming out with all these shows. There's going to be another. He's like, they're pushing Miles Morales hard. Yeah, so they he's are. All, he's all in on Miles Morales. So I just want one because I, I think it's a, a cool story. Um, I think it's it's neat that they went that direction and yeah you know it's like a, a hero for everybody um, truth so and and I've spent half of my career in New York too so I was, it was like very relatable for me like we really liked it as a family uh, yes so it was it was good I thought it was very good um, that's awesome but yeah it, it's crazy though how Disney is just pushing all this stuff um, are you watch do you watch any of the shows yes. Um, I have what I did, um, I did WandaVision. I did Winter Soldier. I mean, that show was ridiculous. Um, and I'm on Loki now. I didn't watch the current episode yet. So, okay. So I don't want to spoil it for you, but Loki is, Loki has been my favorite so far. WandaVision. Great job with that show. Yeah. They have. WandaVision started off slow, and I was just like, so I have no slow. idea where this is going and why it's taking so long. But then once it picked up, we got into it, and it was really but good. But I feel like it went so slow, and then you only got, like, this very small moment of excitement. Like, right. I was a little disappointed from that side. It was a great story, but I feel like they dragged it on for too long and didn't give enough of the good stuff on WandaVision. Whereas with, for like, sure. Winter Soldier, they just came, like guns a blazing right from the first second right. that show started. Yeah. It was like they kind of learned and was like, here we direction. Yeah. I think Loki's been great so far. Yeah, Loki's been brilliant. I'm surprised all these actors are down to do a TV series, but I, but I think it's what? great for the brain. I feel, like they, I feel like they kind of learn the characters also, and it's got to be really fun for them to bring this character that they played in movies to really share the backstory of them. Right. For sure. Yeah. And it, and I, I've noticed also too, um, that a lot of these stories are, they're pretty accurate, I guess, following along the comic books too. Cause that's the one thing I have done is I've like looked up the comic books too, to be like, Hey, is this a comic this that I don't really know about? In the books? I love right. That. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. What? So, as far as like, um, have you seen this whole movement of the VHSs being graded? Do you have an opinion on that or thoughts? Um, so I have known VHS was a thing for a little while now. I have um, one of my friends has been buying VHS games for, oh man, well over a year. And he kept telling me, you should be buying VHS. You should be buying right. VHS. And I remember he told me he like joined like a video game um Facebook group and when he posted he wanted to buy games and was willing to spend like a couple hundred dollars each on games they actually got frustrated with him for like trying to drive the prices up right he was buying a lot of stuff for like sub ten dollars and 
I was like, you know, I'm going to let you have that one. Um, Similar to Pokemon, when Pokemon was coming, um, you know, I'm kind of a creature of habit, and I know comic books. Um, I understand the market. I understand that there's different data points. So I think VHS tapes are smart. We all watch them. I think it's going to be a situation with, like with video games where people didn't save their VHS tapes. They went home, they opened them, they watched them again and again. Right. Um, so I know that there's a couple grading companies out there, but I can't speak to them because I don't have any experience with them. Right. So what I found interesting is I, I bought, I think it was last month, I bought four or five VHSs that I sent to get graded. Um, but for me, again, it was just a, a sentimental thing these are movies yeah. that i liked as a kid and these are ones that i'm, I'm probably going to keep i might i might sell one or two but what did you buy um, i bought goodfellas um i bought indiana jones temple of doom because i'm i don't know anyone that doesn't like that movie i bought above the rim um so okay. that's with two that's with tupac movie. yep and then um and then a dragon ball z uh, movie that my buddy brandon told me about and uh, and my other buddy bobby they were all like hey buy all these Dragon Ball Z tapes. You think they're going to be? There's worth Pokemon. Grading. You know, there's Pokemon. There is. is also. Yep, and that's yeah. and Brand, so Brandon. He did. He's he was like he's heavy into Pokemon too, or he was. Um, he actually sold a first edition Charizard. He's gonna he's gonna kill me because I don't know all the details, but he sold one for seventy five thousand dollars. Dang. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I just I remember him telling me. Buy buy this Charizard card, and at the time it was like twenty thousand. And yeah. I was like, "Dude, I'm not buying a twenty thousand dollar Pokemon card. Like, my wife will murder me. Die. Um, <laughs> you know, like how do you how do you explain that? And yeah. then like, trust trust me, it's gonna go up. And then of course he sells this for seventy, and I'm like, holy smokes, I should have listened. But should have listened, but, right? Yeah, but the the VHS thing, the thing but that no I find knew. interesting. No, nobody knows. I mean, you can you can game it, and like you said, the data points as much as you want, but nobody, no one could have told you no. at the beginning of the pandemic that all this stuff was that gonna what would crazy. happen no way right no way but the, what i find interesting with the vhs tapes is there's like a huge forum on reddit of people that absolutely hate these grading companies hate that people are grading vhs vhs tapes because they just think it's like sacrilegious I, and i i'm like man i just people feel I that way about re- video games also do they really but like yeah, that like video games are meant to be played and they should be open. They're not meant to still be sealed and they're not meant to be encapsulated. And I don't know, I guess for me, it's kind of like, well, and it's usually like longtime collectors also. Right. And right. I just call sour grapes. I do too. I don't get it. I feel like it's to <laughs> each to each their own. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'll tell you this in my office. I have a copy of stadium events in the old clear um, Nintendo case, right? It's not an unopened copy. It's a used copy. You but have just a stadium in, events? Yeah, it just sits in my office. With it's the so, cartridge? Uh, it's, no, it's just the game. So it's like just the, the game. cartridge? Yeah. You know that's worth like a lot of money, right? Uh, no, I do. And it's it's in one of those. Remember the clear Nintendo? It's like a, Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you just close it in there and it says Nintendo yeah, on the front. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 
in my office, I have like some sports memorabilia and it sits on top of a, a signed football helmet. Uh, I think it's Steve Spurrier. Um, he was a Gators cool. coach and Heisman Trophy winner. But anyways, it just sits there and it's been there for, gosh, six, seven, eight years maybe. And only one time someone was like, holy shit, why is this in here? And I was like, yeah. and, and my office isn't like, it's not locked or anything. And I'm, I've, I'm actually surprised no one's ever taken it. But I always just kind of walk by and look at it. I'm like, there it is, just sitting there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I mean, I get it, but like, you can never, get that graded, you know. I know. I just, I, for whatever reason, I just don't want to. I just like it yeah, the way it is. The like, way it is. Yeah. Yeah. From like when I was a kid, you know, but I, I definitely do want to get some graded video games, but I feel like well, they're I, like the price point is so high. It, it is ridiculous right now. Um, yeah, I know. Are the video games the same thing? The higher the grade, the more the more money you're going to get, like anything else. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Do you have? Do you keep an inventory list of what games you have? Um. Yes, I'm not always the best at updating it, but I try to keep <laughs> a list of. It becomes so tedious right. to like track everything in and out all the time. Um. I really need like three employees. I feel like sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you at that point? Do you um, have anybody helping you? Um, nope. It's just myself and my boyfriend. Um, and you know, I will hire people because what if it's the wrong person and they steal right. is that yeah. those are the things I think about where, you know, we have some really kind of high dollar items and, Right. One thing taken could be a really big Bad loss. Life. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's the tough thing is um like so I'm I'm currently traveling for work and I'm I'm gonna be gone for a couple of months, but I, I have a bunch of stuff with me. Mm-hmm. But then it's like all my comic books are just sitting in in uh my guest room essentially. Yeah. Right? right. So um so yeah, it would take either the right person to know or just anyone if they came in and grabbed that stuff. Right, just grab just it would not be good. Just happen to grab something, and it's like, yeah. well, great. Right. So do you do you guys do you have a specific safe or anything you keep them in? And I'm only asking for um, education purposes for me because I'm looking into getting something. We actually keep some stuff off site. Um, right. And That's then, smart. yep. Um, and then other stuff. I know a lot of people recommend a gun safe, but I've heard some horror stories with safes. Right, right. And it would have Boxes Yeah, like there was a Hulk 181 in like really, really high grade, like a 9.6, I think, or maybe a 9.8. And someone kept that locked away in a safe for years and they never opened it. And when they opened it and took the the book out, the staples had disintegrated. Right. Yeah, I was actually reading about that on, um, I think it was one of CGC forums about that. Because I was yeah. just, just trying to Google, like, hey, should I get a safe? What and they're saying, and what should I do? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, and if guess... you have a safe and you only shut it when you're traveling or you're not home, like, when you're gone for extended time. And I have, like, really great security also. Um, but if you did it that way, it would be okay. I guess I was looking if there's like a moisture controlling safe. You know what I mean? I have not seen one of those. If you find one of those, send me a link. I will for sure. Because that, that, that's what I'm interested in is yeah. uh, 
because that would be the you know the easy button like spend a couple extra hundred or thousand bucks or whatever it is right yeah um wow that's yeah i definitely do want to get into video games but i just i feel like and i've already said it a couple times the sentimental value is there so i I need to narrow it down and figure out what i really want to have for me to keep you know um the the marios are always that's always a good one super mario 3 i bet is not cheap um nobody cares about super mario 2 that much i feel like at least when i when i was a kid um i don't know about now right no no is it the same is it the same still yes (laughs) (laughs) oh that's hilarious you know, oh, you want to know what's crazy? So, what 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 got me and my friends um, interested in the VHS tapes is, uh, I think Bobby sent sent us a link of remember Mario the movie, the the live version oh, yeah, of Mario yeah, yeah, Brothers, yeah, so right? Crazy. Like like the worst movie in the universe, right? Um, yep. I think that a graded version sold for thirteen thousand dollars, and it just blew our minds. <laughs> of the vhs and i was like why on god's green earth is someone paying that much for like the worst movie right but i i I wouldn't watch that thing uh there's no way you almost have to watch it again so you can like look back and be like oh my god i can't believe i watched this this is so cringe oh one of the koopas had like tiny heads right i think they're like giant (laughs) they're giants with tiny heads right so wow um (laughs) Man, I'm trying to think what what else. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we've been, we've talked for like an hour at, at least. I want to say. Yeah. Um, is is there anything you wanted to talk about or, or touch um, on? I feel like we touched on so much. Um, I'm A lot. always happy to answer questions if people have them. Um, I'm always happy to offer time payments on anything you see posted on my page. Um. Make sure I can like plug whatnot and go f- join whatnot. I really feel like people will love that format when they jump I, I, on and see it. So is it just an app? You just download the app and then make yep. an account, I'm assuming, and then you can see. Is it categorized though? Can I type yep. in like. Um, there are okay. all different categories too. So there's comic books, there's pops, there's sports cards. There's box breaks if you want to watch box breaks. Um, oh, wow. Pokemon stuff. And it's cool because there's always auctions going, like really 24 hours. Right. You can jump on at like any given time and see something going off. So, uh, so I guess you do sales on there. Do you sell on any other platforms? Um, I have eBay, but I've really kind of veered away from eBay the last especially a few months their fees are outrageous now um they are i want to close to like 20 percent. and i've really been building my business around instagram you know it just lets me connect with so many people yeah absolutely the only the only other platform i saw um, in cards, and they take a tiny fee that maybe, and I'm not affiliated with them either. Just maybe you want to check them out. It's called yeah. My My Slabs. Okay. Um, and I'm they have an Instagram you. account, and they just added comic books to it too. Ah, so, that's cool. Yeah, and I know that the fee is supposed to be like hardly nothing at all. So, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm I'm very okay. appreciative, and I'm I'm thankful that you came on with me. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me so I, I think it was I think it was great uh, and this is what I like is just having like the easy conversation where 
people will pick up on things and you gave a lot of great information and tidbits. Um, I wrote a lot of things down that you said oh. for my own, my own information. Um, and pick my like, brain. I'm happy. I will. I definitely will. Um, I, I definitely have questions. Oh, one last question. Do you take trades too, or is it strictly um, just? Yep. I will do trades. I do. I'll be honest. I do try to weigh the trade in my favor. Of um, course depending on what it is, but yeah, like if the trade makes sense and it's stuff I can use, I'm always, I do trades all the time. Cool. And that's good to know. And I think that, that'll be good for people that follow you to know too, you know, I, I don't actually, know how inundated you are with messages and stuff. I, I imagine know. it's a lot. I get so overwhelmed sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like if you message me and I don't write back to you, please try messaging me again. Sometimes like Instagram deletes my messages if I have too many. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of frustrating that they do that. And I didn't even know they did until recently. So I wish that they would not do that. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not good for business either. Yeah. So. Cause like I can miss something or it gets buried and I'm like, well, crap. Right. Well, all right. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, thank I've you. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you came on and uh, maybe we can do it again in the near future. So yeah, we'll have to do an update of where you're at and you're collecting and for sure. That'll be cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the break and wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out, put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace. Peace.